Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com, where you can now listen to over 600 episodes all about the afterlife between this show and my second show, Shades of the Afterlife. Now, why two shows, you may ask? Here on We Don't Die, radio. There's full-length interviews with one guest at a time. Just about three years ago, I was asked by iHeartRadio to create an afterlife podcast for them, and they want me to be a reporter in on the afterlife. So there's more Sandra telling what's the latest, what's happening with science and medicine and afterlife communication. And I do have some clips of guests, but it's more me on that show. And I'm so delighted to say that that has just become the number one most downloaded afterlife podcast in the world. So to me, that's a very, very big deal. And a shout out to all of you who are listening. So you can easily find that at your favorite podcast app. Just type in Shades of the Afterlife. If you're a longtime listener of this show, there's no doubt that you've heard about my travels to the Arthur Finley College. Back in May 2016, I took my first journey there. Now, the Arthur Finley College is the world's foremost college for the advancement of spiritualism and psychic sciences, and it's in Stansted, England. So I can tell you, I was very excited, of course, my first time, but also a little bit nervous because I kind of compared it to what I would imagine Hogwarts would be like in the Harry Potter movie. So this would be like a real life Hogwarts. I was surprised and delighted and comforted that this magnificent school, the quality of its classes, the tutors, the cozy bedroom, and the good food that I have returned there many times. It is honestly one of my most favorite places on earth where communicating with the deceased is normal and teaching people how to do it is normal. Behind this incredible school and their sister school, the Barbanel Center, is the Spiritualists National Union, easily referred to as the SNU. The SNU is a nonprofit organization founded back in 1901 that supports spiritualist churches all across the United Kingdom, including the training of spiritualists, healers, mediums, public speakers, and teachers. Our guest today just happens to be the president of the SNU. Today, you'll meet Minister Jackie Wright. Jackie is a longtime medium and tutor from the Northeast of England, who has been fortunate to share her passion for teaching and demonstrating in many countries overseas and across Great Britain. She has been awarded with many diplomas and certificates and continues to teach and organize courses at the Arthur Finley College, as well as the Barbanel Center. I encourage you to visit snu.org.uk and, of course, arthurfindleycollege.org. Minister Jackie Wright, for the first time, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, thank you, Sandra. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you today. So thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. I'm very excited. Your backdrop is one of my most favorite places on earth. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about you and how a girl like yourself got into spiritualism and teaching. And yeah, tell us about you, Jackie, if you would. 
it's not the most romantic of stories, I have to say. I come from a childhood of multiple abuse. I come from a very Catholic-based childhood. And my father died when I was six, my mom when I was 16. I was left with a brother and sister to raise. Life was not pretty, but I was still very Catholic. And I have to say that. Some years, this is very much a potted history. Some years later, my younger sister said to me, where do you think mum is? And I replied, hell, because my mum was in a very, a very abusive lady. So being Catholic, you either went upstairs or you went downstairs. That was it. So she asked me the question, would you come with me to my hometown spook church, which is our name for the spiritualist church? I fought with her. I argued with her. And in the end, I said to her, OK, I'll come with you. I turned up at the church. My sister was meeting me from her college. She didn't come. I went into the church sat there she didn't turn up and the lady who was the medium that night I honestly thought I really did think there would be human sacrifices on the altar uh, that was how naive I was and the lady on the altar give me a on the sorry rostrum give me a quite a reading from my dad a message about him and she said to me one day you will stand where I stand at that, I stopped crying, called her an idiot and demanded to be let out of the church. But I was intrigued. Who's told her this information about my dad? Who's told her the story? So I went back and I went back and I went back. And that was the start of my journey, not necessarily into spiritualism, but more certainly into mediumship. Like you, I went along to the Arthur Finlay College. I went there blind, not knowing what it was, what would happen, became smitten. It was magical. It was ecstatic. And it filled my heart with amazement. Went back, went back. And then I was having a, a conversation with a gentleman who's now passed to spirit, Mr. Bill Nederman, who is a, he was a healer at the college. And he said to me, Time you decided whether you were a spiritualist or a Catholic, Jackie, which side of the fence are you on? And that was a light bulb moment. So I joined the Spiritualist National Union, did all the courses they had available. I did that for my confidence because I took care of my mom till she died. I never had schooling. So academically, I'm not all that. So the coursework give me confidence in me. And took me into the diplomas, the certificates, the diplomas. I then decided to be very brave and go to become a tutor at the college. That was a baptism of fire, I have to tell you. But I got through. And, yeah, now I'm chairman of it. So there's a very potted history of my it's life. A, it's a good one. And they're not all ra rainbows and butterflies. And I'm finding that with so many people. And of course, a good friend said, rainbows come after a storm and a butterfly comes after a humongous transformation. That's not pleasant as well. Could I ask you the difference that spiritualism has meant in your life? And not only that, have you made peace with 
your mum. The difference spiritualism has made in my life, I can't quantify. It's it's huge. It gives me a reason for life and a hope in death. But it gives me evidence that I won't just die and my family will all be there when I do leave this body. But it gives me also a grounding and teachings to live my life. I was no longer living it in fear of a vengeful God. It empowered me to say, you're mistress of your own ship. You make your choices. And if you don't make the best choices, you get a chance to start again. You know, there is no hellfire waiting for you. Spiritualism and our churches that support our religion are my life, really. Have I made peace with my mom? I'd like to tell you, if you'd allow me to, a very interesting quote. And I'm sure you've heard of the trans medium John James Moss. Back in, I think it was about 1937, don't quote me on the date, thereabouts. He went into trance and his guide did an interview with the psychic press. And the question was asked, how do you choose your medium? And he, the guide said, we do not. We choose the medium's mother. We watch over the mother till she gives birth to the child. Then we watch over the child till they turn their attention to us. So do I forgive my mom? No. But I thank her for being the vessel that carried the vessel to do this work. Because if mom hadn't have carried me, I wouldn't be where I am now. Do I forgive her? Not really. But do I thank her every day? Incredible. It's interesting. You hear about people holding on to resentment and they say taking rat poison, but waiting for the other person to die. I've done a lot of work and I have great parents, one's upstairs and one's in the spirit world. But I realize that our parents got whatever their baggage is from somewhere. Absolutely. To live our lives holding on to that doesn't serve us. But instead, like you, if things didn't happen exactly the way they did, we wouldn't be talking right now. And to trust and have gratitude. And you brought a little tear to my eye telling me the story from that trance medium. Mm. My mom is not really interested in this topic. She loves and supports me and finds my stories interesting, but it's not her thing. And I feel, although I have taken many medium classes and have that ability within me, as I think we all do, how I'm a medium is getting great people and great evidence to the world. And so the tear came to my eye because I was thinking, my mom's been looked after so that I'm able to do what I'm doing today. And that's very special to me because I love that woman. But if we think about that greater intelligence that's at play, that we sometimes forget to look at, that at a soul level, her soul has gone, yes, okay, I'll carry Sandra. And then her job will be to bring this light to the world. It won't be my thing, but I can be there to ensure she does. That, that's so heartwarming, isn't it? You just think, wow, how great thou art. That intelligence that orchestrates all of that and gives us that ability. Yeah. Yes. Could you talk just, if you remember back in the day, 
you went from Catholic, which that's my background as well, to now talking to dead people. What was it like for you, if you can remember, just it still happens today. I know when you do a reading or teach that feeling that you really are communicating with someone who no longer walks this earth. We have people listening and watching right now, Jackie, that have a child that's in the unseen world or a spouse or someone very close, and they're really suffering from grief and want to know more than anything that their loved one is okay, that they live on and that they'll see them again. So what it, what would you say? And what was it like for you when you're, you're actually communicating the afterlife? Just to go back slightly and to say to you, I realized during my training as a medium that a lot of the things that I had experienced as a child was mediumship. I just, as a Catholic, had a closed mind to that. I realized that at a very late stage. What I would say to people, being a medium, or as I call it, a bridge between two worlds, because that's all we are as mediums, we're just a bridge that allows two people to have a reunion upon it. It's humbling. It is heartwarming. It is emotional. It is precious. I know that there are people out there now who are living with that grief, who feel that their life has no meaning because they've lost their loved one. I understand that. I have a lot of family in the spirit world. I have a son in the spirit world, my brothers, my parents. What I would say to them is, your loved ones know what your heart is asking for. They're listening to you, not through your voice, but through your heart. Just be quiet and allow that heart to speak to them and they will speak back. But remember, if you are seeking a medium, please, please do your research. Please find a reputable one. Please look at their reviews or check them out. Because not everybody, just like not every electrician is good or every plumber is good, not every medium is responsible. Thank you for sharing that. That is one of my passions. And so... I've got a big mouth, I think, Jackie, and I talk a lot. (laughs) But what's so important is to use this voice, yes, to let people know that the afterlife is real and that our loved ones are listening to us and we can connect heart to heart. But the quality of mediumship, I know here in America, and I also know some mediums international, there's no level bar. And While not every person is going to get accredited, say, with the SNU, there's some really great mediums that have been out there for a long time. They're teaching. They're excellent. But there's a lot of people out there that are charging two, four, eight hundred dollars, even over a thousand dollars for a reading. They're not properly trained. Shall I say some have some pretty big egos. People count on them hoping and praying for connection with their loved one, I feel they're taken advantage of. And unfortunately, many of them say, I'm trained at the world famous Arthur Finley College Mm. for one week. Could we talk about? Oh, gosh, yes. And we have them, they come, they walk through the doors, all eager and excited. And within seven days, they've set up an all singing, all dancing website. 
They have that on their website, trained at the world famous. And you think, oh, my goodness me. But as a tutor and as a course organiser, I know that responsibility, that we are training these people. And in a way, it's probably not the best thing to say, but we are sending them out like a loaded gun. They don't understand their mediumship and how it's functioning through their uniqueness. They're not understanding the responsibilities with it. But hey, I've had seven days at the college, so that makes me the best in the world. And I do get a little bit, I try not to get angry, but I do get annoyed because they are working with vulnerable people. They are working with people who are lost and who need that help and they have to take responsibility for that. You know, I say it constantly, mediumship is a muscle and it needs to, it's not a gift. What you do with it is a gift, but mediumship is a muscle and it needs exercise. It needs work. And if you're not going to spend time doing that first, don't inflict yourself on the public. Just don't do it. I say to my students, and I stand by this, in Britain only is what I'm talking about. I would say that 80%, 85% of the mediums who grace our platforms in our churches do not know if they are working with the unseen world or this living spirit sitting in front of them. They do not know the difference between psychic and mediumship. They've never felt the touch of that unseen world. They've never felt themselves wrapped in their love. I watched a demonstration the other evening and it was a fundraiser for the college. And one of the mediums gave an absolutely blinding message to somebody. That lady who received it phoned me up in tears and she said, I could feel my loved one with me. That's mediumship. Not saying whether you're going to marry the milkman or the postman, you know. It is allowing that reunion and all that you are is the bridge. But what we have in today's consumerism world, and I'm sorry, I'm on my soapbox now, Sandra, we have careerists. We don't have spiritualists. We have people who see that mediumship is a form of a career. They don't see it as the calling and the healing that it's meant to be. We're all to blame for that, all of us, including I think the Spiritualist National Union, and I've been very vocal about this, we charge for accreditation, we charge for the diplomas, etc. We charge for mentorships, or no longer have them, but we used to charge big money for mentorships. We encourage that. We've got to get people back to that sacredness of what we do and why we do it. We've got to encourage the mediums before they get out there to spend time looking at themselves. What needs healing within them? What's their motivation? What baggage are they carrying? I first came to this beautiful college and I was a mess, an absolute mess. Emotionally, I was a mess. Did anybody ask me? Did anybody want to help me with that? No. Just do this exercise, do that exercise, and do the other exercise. We've got to get back to first to the vessel, to encourage the vessel to clear itself out and to heal. 
and then to allow the spirit world to fill that vessel with their love. That's what we have to get back to. Our pioneers did it beautifully. But in today's world, it's all about the quick fix. (laughs) It is. It is. Wow. So I don't mind your soapbox at all. And if there's room room for me on it. (laughs) (laughs) I love what I do, Sandra. Of course. I feel the weight of responsibility of what I do. So I don't want to go to anybody who's grieving with an attitude of, oh, there's 50 quid in my pocket, that will do. If that's my attitude, I shouldn't be out there. The money shouldn't be the God. The healing should be the God. That's right. And I know when we focus on others, we will be taken care of. There will always be food on the table and a roof over your head. Jackie, sometimes we need a breakdown before there's a breakthrough. So I think in the world of mediums and trainings, we're really heading full force into that breakdown. (laughs) Be on your soapbox. I'm with you on that. I'm very passionate about that. And I know people who have listened to this show know that about me. You wouldn't go to a doctor just because they have the title doctor. You would make sure that they have the best, that they're trained, all of those things. And when mediums hold a life, and for anyone who has experienced grief, I know the more you love, the more grief hurts. I know that I have been rock bottom into the deepest, darkest place from grief. So mediums hold precious lives in their hands. You want to go to someone that's good. You want to go to someone who cares that people have recommended that's reasonably priced. I'd like to see Jackie across the world, every single medium have the 10 minute guarantee. If you're not happy within 10 minutes, talk about it, either reschedule or you don't pay and the medium reading comes to an end. And as you know, that's what we have at the college. If you're not happy within 10 minutes, all you got to do is stand up and say, you know, but if we don't, I'm uh, as the president of the union, I am actively breaking down the past now. I am dismantling our religion to rebuild it on firmer grounds. And it is my prayer that mediumship follows suit. Andrew Jackson Davies once said that when you're at your lowest ebb and you cry out to your loved ones, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? And Andrew Jackson Davies said, At all times they are there, but your grief acts as a fog that they cannot break through to console you. So heal your grief. Now, we don't do that with people. You come to me and say, I'm grieving. I've just lost a loved one. My reply to you would be, I'm so sorry. Have you been to bereavement counselling? Have you had somebody to talk to? Because it might not be your time to get a message, do you know? We've got to have a sense of responsibility about what we are doing. Because like you said, we are holding people's lives in our hands. So you're breaking this down to bring it back up. What's important to spiritualism that you'd like to see across the board? How can we help? Oh, (laughs) oh, how long have we got again? Um, There's so much. So. First of all, from a union perspective, we are archaic. We are still stuck in the past. We need to 
reform everything. From a religious point of view, we need to get out to people rather than waiting for people to find us. We've got to break down that um, myth around what spiritualism is. And I'm tired of people going, you're a spiritualist. Yes, I am. Can you give me a message? No, because being a spiritualist doesn't make you a medium. Spiritualism is the religion and medium is just the faculty of. So I want us to be more forward with our approach to people, to open our doors to communities. This beautiful building that I um, am sitting in virtually, if you will, the Arthur Finlay College, has a beautiful history. It has a beautiful reputation, but it's an old building. And in the last decade, it has had no money spent on it. So it is crumbling. So that's the other thing that I'm focused on is raising enough money to get it repaired, refurbished, but also to ensure the teachers who are privileged to serve in that college don't just see it as a cash cow. They see it as a place to train and educate the next um, generation, if you will, of students worldwide, worldwide. But if our motivation is how much money am I going to make, we may as well just shut the doors now, put up the shutters and walk away. I agree. And just if someone's new doesn't know about the college, it's not a place where you attend for four years and you get a degree. It's, I don't want to say like a retreat center or conference center, but it is where there's a number, maybe a 50 approved tutors that can teach there that are always all high level. And you can attend for a week, two weeks, four days. It's not a school that you go through and get your diploma. Not that kind of school. Not at all, Sandra. A lot of people have said to me, and I don't disagree, but nevertheless, it's where we are. A lot of people have said it shouldn't have the name college because you don't get a diploma or a certificate of attendance or what have you. So maybe the word retreat is better. However, that's what it's called. And that's what our pioneers give to it. So hey-ho, we are where we are. But you come along to the Arthur Finlay College And whether you want to learn psychism, trance, platform mediumship or communication mediumship or healing, you make your choice. And then you are given the best teaching for that week. You go home, you reflect, and then you go, okay, so where's my next step now? Where do I go next with this? It doesn't mean you leave and you go now. I'm fully fledged to go out there and ply my trade. It it is a learning experience and mediumship, whatever discipline of mediumship, cannot be taught in a week. I agree. And there's something like 80 different courses offered there throughout the year. Now there's online courses as well. You have the Barbanel Center. And then could we talk a little bit about the SNUI? Because that's... When I left the Arthur Finley College, and of course, there was COVID and things, there's so much for, I think it's 25 pounds for a year membership. There's online divine services, there's classes, there's so much. So people from the comfort of their own home can join 
online. Would you talk about some of the different things under the SNU umbrella that people well, can enjoy? The SNUI was a great new step for us, if you will. About 25 years ago, there was a lovely lady who's now passed away, Vi Kipling, and she kept shouting at us saying, the spirit world wants us to go on the internet. And we were all going, "Mm -hmm. you know, this lady's off her head. Why would we go on the internet? But she kept on and she kept on. And she was ahead of her time because she was exactly right. That was the next stage in development, if you will. So the Spiritualist National Union came up with this SNUI. And it was originally Spiritualist National Union International. But then that changed to Spiritualist National Union Internet. So because it is online, you see. Um, And... You're right, there are demonstrations of mediumship. There is a a divine service where you can see all aspects of our religion from prayer, philosophy, mediumship. There are discussion groups where you can come on and just share in your thoughts and ideas. There are training sessions where you can go in to do your um, SNUI in demonstrating our SNUI in speaking, where you can be accredited that way. There are just um, classes for you to join if you want without having to go for an accreditation. It offers so much to people all over the world because everything's put on at different times, so it goes with different time zones. And it is to facilitate those people who maybe just cannot, for whatever reason, get to the college so it gives all that the college offers but it gives it online excellent and i noticed i was on the arthurfinleycollege.org website today and there's also some classes that you can book straight through the college website and also get medium readings i thought that's pretty great by trusted people low price they have the guarantee all the mediums who are offering um, readings through the Arthur Finley College are trained by the college and the union. They've all been tested. They've all been assessed. They're all of a standard. And they're there to serve. So, yes, you can just do that and do it over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. We like Zoom. We do like the comfort of our own home, too. I know there's over 300 churches associated with spiritualism in the UK. And I know in this day and age, of course, a couple of years after lockdown and all of that, there's less people going to churches. There's more things happening online. But I would love to see people being together again. And not only that, Jackie, but here in the United States, there's a lot of churches that call themselves spiritualists, and they are not even close to having the level of integrity and training for their mediums as you folks. Could we, while we're on the soapbox, could we transform the world? (laughs) I'm trying my best. My son keeps saying to me, Mom, Rome wasn't built in a day. You can't do everything in one night. And I say, why can't I? Why can't I? You know, because I want to. We have 300 churches that are the foundation of the religion of spiritualism. 
they are run by devoted volunteers who work very hard to keep those doors open. But you're right. Since COVID, we have seen a decline because people can sit in their own homes and put the TV on, shall we say, and watch it that way through Zoom. This is why I am passionate about encouraging our churches not to be passive and wait for people to find them, but to open the doors and be active within their communities. So I I made a campaign last year, open your doors for warm spaces, not for mediumship. For people to come in for a cup of coffee, read a book, have a chat, and the rest will follow. Let's be part of the community first. I think the difference is, and again, I'm trying to, to balance this. In Great Britain, we are regulated by law that other countries don't have that regulation. So we have to adhere to things like the Charity Commission and, and all of this. So that means we have to be more exact in what we are doing. But other countries don't have that luxury of being a religion, of having that stringency around them. I would love to see them taking responsibility for themselves and saying, okay, I may not have the government breathing down my neck, but I can be the force of change in my own church by stepping up to the platform and being that standard that we need to have. Just like all mediums and doctors aren't created the same, same with spiritualist churches. When I came back from the Arthur Finley College, I wanted to see if there a spiritualist church near me. And I did find a good one. And then I found some not so good ones. And one of the largest groups of spiritualist churches here, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, I'm not, but the way they do their demonstrations, each medium gets three minutes to deliver a reading from the platform per person. They do not want validation from the member of the audience, the congregation, the yes, no, I don't know. They're trained by another medium who just feels they're ready or they're not. And I was horrified with some friends of mine thinking this is so special to find that it was disappointing. So it's no wonder that so many people in the world think medium isn't mediumship isn't real. Communicating with loved ones isn't real. There's no proof of the afterlife because there are people out there not being great. And I don't know if it's their fault or they just don't know that there's something better and there's better training. So I cry out to you, oh, medium watching this, even if you think you're great, set the ego aside, keep learning, keep being of service. And keep being available for the spirit world. One of the things I say in my, when I'm teaching is no two mediums can work the same. Your mediumship, Sandra, won't be my mediumship and vice versa, because it's operating through a unique vessel. You're not me and I'm not you. So we have to first know ourselves, know how our mediumship works, and then work with that. And I get a little bit frustrated, if I can say that, with teachers who try to teach a class of 20 or 30 with just like a blanket teaching. 
Because that's when students go home confused, going, that hasn't worked for me. Why hasn't it worked for me? Because you're not the teacher. And the teacher's job is to open the door, I think, to open the door to your uniqueness and say, okay, what's your mediumship for you? How is it working? Now let's work with that and make you the most powerful medium you can be. And then say the same to the next one and the next one till their uniqueness is worked upon. Because what we see, I'll tell you a little story. We see mediums now mimicking their teachers. Last year, last February, I was um, assessing new tutors for the college. And every tutor that got up, when they finished, I said, you were trained by, and you were trained by, and your teacher was, because they just mimicked their teacher. And I think, how sad. The spirit world didn't choose you to be your teacher. They chose you because of your uniqueness. Celebrate that. And then take the best from each teacher to make you the best you can be. Because no one teacher is the oracle. Everybody has a part of the whole, but no one teacher has the whole. So, I love that. I love it. Keep with the soapbox. I'm your partner across the sea, across the ocean over here. It's so important because ultimately to have people living life knowing that their loved ones are around, that we don't die. That's why I gave my book such a bold title. But with that is the understanding that your life matters, that we're here for a reason. I think we can each pick what reason we're here for. But would you talk about from your point of view and your beliefs, what the purpose of life is? Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't think, to be engaged in social media all the time and <laughs> some of the things that we're doing here in 2024. But how do we get our money's worth out of life? And what's the point, Jackie? So first of all, I'm going to go back to something you said. I don't believe the spirit world really care whether we know that we don't die or that there is life after death. I don't think they care because we're going to leave this world one day and find that truth for ourselves, are we not? So why do they go to all that effort? Why do they do that? And this is my theory, (laughs) what it's worth. I believe they do it so that once we know we are living deathless spirits, We then take a step back and go, okay, so what are we contributing to life? What imprint are we going to leave in this world when we travel home? And I think that's what the spirit world is asking us to take a step back and say, okay, you know you're going to come home one day. So what are you going to do with your life? And you know, Sandra, something you said right at the beginning about shall we say, the awakening of your spirituality isn't always pleasant. And I don't know if you've ever seen on Facebook, there is a picture of a a woman sitting very serenely in the lotus position. And the caption is, this is what we think spiritual awakening looks like. The next photograph shows a woman pulling her hair out, having a screaming fit. And then it says, this is what spiritual awakening is really. Because we grow through our pain. You know, the spirit world don't choose perfect vessels. 
the tubes, the vessels are a little bit cracked because we can let that light in then. We can give permission to people to say, you don't have to be perfect. You are great as you are. Let's just heal the pain. And I think that's what the spirit world's saying. Heal the pain, see the purpose, and then ask yourself, what imprint are you going to leave in this world? And I think if every one of us could do that individually, then we would find that the reason for life is to love, not to hate, not to judge, not to beat somebody. I got 20 students. How many of you got? Oh, I beat you. <laughs> not that. Because that competition matters nothing. But to love and to love without judgment. I say to my students, are you ready for the alcoholic wife beating father from the spirit world? Are you ready for the abusive mother? Are you ready for the drug addicted brother? Are you ready for the paedophile uncle? That is just my family. And I say to them, as these people step forward to tell you their story, your job is to tell that story without judgment. Can you do that? Because if you can't, there's work to be done on yourself. And once you can do it, that means you can look at people in the street without judgment and let your heart be open to just love. That, I believe, is our purpose for life, to learn to love unconditionally and then to say, what is the legacy we leave behind for others to follow? Powerful words. Powerful. And I agree. Many people are familiar with evidential mediums. They are. My good friend, Scott Milligan, as you know, Scott, is a trance and physical medium. In fact, on the 1st of March, if anyone is interested, we are doing a fundraising benefit for the SNU and Arthur Findlay College. It'll be a demonstration of trance mediumship with also a talk by Scott. Whether oh, you, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So thank you. You are most welcome. And whether someone is watching this prior to that date or after, we will still have that link available so you can watch the replay. All donations will go to the SNU and the college. And you can find out about that at wedontdie.com forward slash Scott, or just go to the wedontdie.com page and there's a link for Scott Milligan there. And so we will continue to be your partner, however that looks, getting people to the college, to SNUI. Thanks for telling me it's internet, not international now, Barbanel Center. The world of healing, a lot of people are not familiar with. It sounds nice, but could you just describe what that means to learn healing? Everything we do within mediumship, be it communication, be it trans, be it physical, it is all healing. And then we have the most specific discipline, which is healing mediumship, where beautiful and selfish people train not to give you a message from mom or dad, but just to allow that spirit power to flow through them. 
for the healing of somebody who is physically, mentally, emotionally unwell. It's a very passive power, whereas giving you a message from your loved one is more active. So these, and I just believe that our healing is so special. Our spiritualist healers dedicate themselves to the well-being of others by being that conduit, that vessel for the unseen world's healing power. And that healing is there through the auric field. And then as it manifests through the auric field, it, it reaches the part that needs the healing, you know. It's not a one-way thing. The spirit world aren't doing something. They are doing something magical, but it won't make you, it's not Lazarus, you won't get up and walk at the end of it. But it is a transforming power. It really is. But again, like communication mediumship, it takes time. And again, it's an unselfish act, if you will. There was a lady, I'm just trying to remember her name. It might have been Mary Eddy. She said some years ago, there are three steps to healing. One is to heal the person. That's obvious, isn't it? Secondly, to heal the, the person's relationship to their illness. So sometimes we have an unconscious reason to be ill. And we're holding on to that illness because it gives us something, be it attention sympathy, whatever. And the third reason is to assist somebody or get somebody ready to die. So sometimes that healing isn't there to make you well for this world, but to give you the strength to leave your body to transist to the transition to the next world. You know, beautiful, unselfish healer that knew what her role was as a healer. And it is such, I keep saying this, it's such an unselfish, beautiful power. And when you watch the healers at work, where they just sit, again, without judgment of somebody, and open themselves up to the other world and say, okay, I'm here for you in the spirit world, but also for the person who's in need here, and let that healing pass through. And that can pass through distant as well, if you're not. Oh, absolutely. Absent, distant, or touch, whatever works. My daughter used to live in New Zealand some years ago, and she was ill when she lived there. And even though it's on the other side of the world, so the time difference is unbelievable, I would sit and just send a healing. I wouldn't tell her. And then the next day she would ring me and say, oh, I just had such a good night's sleep, Mom. So we know people don't need to know you're sending the healing. You can just sit and say to the spirit world, take this to where it's needed the most. So we don't need to have a magic recipe, just that intent, that loving heart to serve and ask the spirit world to send healing. There is a, a misconception, mainly in Europe, I have to say, where people say you can't send healing without asking the recipient's permission. And I ask the question, why? And they say, you've got to ask their permission because you're invading their space. No, you're not. Where's the intelligence in this? First of all, what if somebody couldn't speak? What if they were in a coma? Are you saying because they can say, yes, please, Jackie, give me healing, 
the spirit world won't send it. Because in that intelligence, their higher self will speak to the healer's higher self. And they'll either say yes or no. You don't need the whole formality of, Sandra, please may I send you healing at seven o'clock tonight? And is that okay for you? We get in the way. We get in the way of the intelligence. Surrender. Give yourself up to them and say, just use me as that vessel for the greater good. Thank you, Jackie. Do away with rituals. I agree. And you something you said, where's the intelligence? I think that's important for any kind of mediumship healing, any class you take on anything. It has to resonate with your soul. Don't just believe it or buy it because someone else says you should, you know, really tap into your own divine soul. If I may say, I give my students tattoos, not literally, symbolically. And one of the tattoos I say I give them is be your own scientist. If it doesn't fit with you, throw it out, because I don't want you to believe me. I want you to challenge me till you find your truth. Because that means you're growing in your own power. I just also ask them to remember my surname is right. My first name is always. <laughs> You're funny. Don't lose, the, don't lose the sense of humor. Jackie, with our time together, what else would you like to share? Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't? Or is there something else, anything coming up that you'd like to share? Or how people can get involved? Or any closing words? I don't want to miss the opportunity if there's something you want to share. Well, first of all, I would just like to say from the bottom of my heart, a very, very big thank you for yourself and Scott doing the fundraiser that you're planning. Thank you so much. If anybody else would like to do that, there is a Just Giving page on the Arthur Finley College website. You can donate to that and we would be very, very grateful. Please check out the college's website and look at all the different courses and see which one your soul resonates with. But I'd also say to everybody out there, this is not a race. It is not a competition. It is about you understanding who you are as that spiritual being of perfection and love. And when you touch that, when you realize that, all that consumerism and that need to be the best will fall away because the spirit world love you as you, not for you to be anybody else. Perfect words. I want to just ask about the Barbanel Center because mm-hmm. we wouldn't call that a mini Arthur Finley College, but it is definitely a sister school. Mm-hmm. So the Barbanel Centre is in Stafford in the Midlands, um, whereas the college is in the south of of England. And the Barbanel Centre has courses on. They are much um, smaller courses, if you will. They're not at the uh, magnitude of the ones at the college. There's a lot of training that goes on there for diplomas, certificates, healing, all of that, because it's also where the assessment boards are done. There. 
there you can go onto their website and see what's available. Scott himself is going to be running a course there. So we're very grateful to Scott. So it is the same as the college on a much smaller scale. It doesn't have the history the college has got, but it has a lot more amenities that the college doesn't have. Every room is an ensuite bedroom. <laughs> That's such a luxury, isn't it? You know, It's nice to have a, a toilet right there, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you get to a certain age, it really is. But... It is, it's a beautiful place. It's a lot more intimate. It's a lot smaller, but it's a lot more cozy for that reason. So check out the website and see what's on offer. Oh, it all sounds great. And for those of you who think, oh, I can never travel alone. Jackie, every trip I have taken, almost every trip I've taken to any spiritualist class or any kind for my own training and development, I've gone alone. A shout out to my friend Darla, who's accompanying me a couple of times to the Arthur Finley College, but it is quite doable. I know from America, I flew into Heathrow. There's a bus up to Stansted. We shared the cost and just hired a a taxi up there. There's trains, there's plenty of ways to get there. But Even if you go by yourself, you meet friends that you have for the rest of your life because it's so rare, Jackie, to meet someone that is not complaining about everything in their life and is looking at the bigger picture and is thinking about being of service and is asking these questions about spirituality. So you really do meet some great people. Well, can I add two things to that, if you'd allow me? First of all, we're never alone. Never never alone so know that there's always the spirit world with you and helping you but also remember at that college when you walk in a little bit like a rabbit in the headlights where am I and what's going to happen remember everybody else is in the same boat they're all got their own fears their own insecurities and as the week progresses those friendships form and those bonds tighten So don't let a little bit of fear stop you from making that step. Thank you. I just thought of something else. When you said some people believe you need to ask permission for healing, our loved ones are with us. And so many people think they can't be involved in our life unless we talk to them, unless we ask permission. And I don't think that's true. Oh, that's so not true. You see, another myth, another fairy story. And they're hung over, if if I can say, from the Orthodox religions. They are the myths and the fairy stories from their teachings. Remember, spiritualism was the religion to transform the world. It is a science, a philosophy, and a religion. And what we are saying is we are always in the presence of our loved ones, always. They are there around us. They're not upstairs or downstairs like I thought. They're here. And all you do is send out that thought and then move that bit closer. Try stopping them being involved in your life and see who has the most power, you or them. And listen to your heart. Someone told me not long ago, that we use 
the term, it's just my imagination. Take away the just because they use our images, our thoughts, our memories. And sometimes they can come out of the blue. Yes, you might get a sign outside of yourself, but most of the signs, I think, Jackie, come from the inside. And that's the most difficult because we all have pain. We don't want to listen to our heart because our heart reminds us of the pain and the tears. That's why it's important we heal ourselves first or begin the journey of healing. And the spirit world operate, if you will, or function through the vessel, not outside of it. And what we do is not supernatural. It's not Hollywood. It's perfectly natural. And as long as we remember that, there is no need for things like protection or rituals or anything else. There is just that need to remember we are loved and then to allow that feeling to come around us of what love really feels like. And I mean unconditional love, not love with strings, unconditional love. Jackie, thank you so much for being our guest here today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And to our listener or our viewer, thank you for taking the time. Let me just give you some websites you can refer back to. snu.org.uk It's the main site where you can click on other places as well. If you're interested in the online Spiritual National Union, snui.org.uk, and it is cheap. It is £25, which is about $32 a year, and there's so much included in that. And I invite you to take a trip. Some For some, it might be a long distance. For some, it may be close. ArthurFinleyCollege.org. So many wonderful things there. And as always, my home base is wedontdie.com. There's so much that you can get there. We do offer really good medium training as well. But like Jackie says, you need to learn and then continue learning and developing. So you might treat our classes like a development circle every week. We need that to continue your development and work on yourself. Also, you can find all those podcast episodes that I was telling you about at wedontdie.com, including we also offer a free Sunday gathering and there's a medium demonstration. We are not affiliated with the SNU, but I do believe we have all the integrity with the pieces of what we do to make a difference. And you will leave empowered and have a smile on your face from each and every one. We have a Facebook group and so many other things. And that's all at wedontadie.com. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for our soul and that your life here on earth is important. Remember the words from Jackie. And especially, I love that she has this even posted on her website, spirit doesn't want clones. Spirit wants the individual. You are one of a kind. You are unique. Don't let anybody else tell you what's right or wrong. You follow your soul. It'll lead you in the right direction. Know that your loved ones are around. Your life is for a purpose and you matter. So I really want to thank you for listening or for watching. And we'll see you again soon.